welcome everyone. Thank you for being here. Uh, my name is Michael Fratt. I'm the Assistant Program Director for Drisha. Very excited to have everyone here for the final session of the world of doubt between human and divine, between law and reality with Rabbi Yael Shimoni. Uh, Rabbi Shimoni is the Assistant Rosh Yeshiva at Yeshiva Drisha. Uh, she's learned at Migdal Oz, Matan, and Midrasha Lindenbaum and holds a BFA from B'Tzalel Academy of Arts and Design, as well as a degree in Tarsha Pet and Jewish Thought from Herzog College, and is currently studying toward an MA in Jewish Thought also at Herzog College. Uh, Rabbi Nishimoni has taught Gemara and Halakha at Pelech High School, as well as served as a Ramit for Shana Bet at Migdal Oz. She also directs Meshivat Nefesh, the online responsive program of the Rabbaniot of Beit Hillel and is a plastic artist and member of a studio of her own. Uh, we're very excited to have everyone here for the final session of this class, which has been uh, thinking through confrontation with doubt and its centrality to Talmudic literature. But with that, I'm going to turn it over to Rabbi Shimoni for our class. Thank you very much. Um, okay, so this is our final session, and, uh, and what I would like to do today is really to take everything that we've learned into a deeper step, because up till now, I'm summing up again what we've seen. We've seen the big machloket between the Rambam and the Rashba. We saw that the Rambam said, uh, in, two different, in many different places, he said that Safek uh, is not a sur midoraita, it's a sur midorabanan. Safeka doraita lechumra is din derabanan. And he had two different uh, tones in his voice. In the Mishnah Torah, it sounds as if he's saying it's only Asur Midarabanan, but he didn't say it's Mutar. But when we read him in the Chuba, it sounded as if it's Mutar Midaraita, not only that it's not Asur. And these were two different undertones in the Rambam. And we spoke a lot about him and the meaning of, of this thought and how uh, different it is than what we usually tend to think about the Torah and uh, Chachamin. But the Rashba is his big uh, bar plukta, his cholek on the Rambam, and says, this makes no sense. And he had a whole series of questions, and we're only dealing with the first question that the Rashba had, which is very central, because the first question the Rashba has on the Rambam, if you are right, how can we be uh, bringing Asham Talui? Asham Talui is a korban that is being brought on a sefek, and if the Rambam is saying that Safek is irrelevant as far as the Torah is concerned, how can you bring me the Raita Korban on Safek if it's irrelevant? And that was the Raishwa's question. And then we started to learn more about this very special Korban, Asham Talui. And uh, we saw last week interesting things that uh, there was a person, a big Tana, Baba Ben Buta who would bring Asham Talui every single day as a nedava. There's a machoket between Chachamim and Rabbi Eliezer, uh, between Bet Shemai and Bet Hiled, that's what it looks like. Can you bring Korban Asham Talui as a nedava? Can you just volunteer this? And Rabbi Eliezer says, yes, you can bring, the, bring this as a, a nedava. And Baba Ben Buddha actually did it every single day. There was one day that Chachamim didn't let him bring this Korban, the day after Yom Kippur. And we spoke about this, even though we were close to Purim, but Purim Kippurim, that we understood in a deeper sense that Yom Kippur is, actually has the same uh, strength as Asham Talui. We don't have Korbanot today, but we have Yom Kippur. So at least one time a year, we're freed 
of our sveikas, and that's a very important thing to think about Yom Kippur and why do we feel this uplifting and this cl cleanness because uh, we don't have all this uh, guilt and questions. Are we okay? Are we okay on Yom Kippur? That's the one day that this is all cleared out. And that's why Baba and Buddha could not bring the following day. They told them, wait, there's a house of doubt. And Yom Kippur and the day after, we were still not in that house. The rest of the year, we are entering the house of doubt and therefore Baba ben Buddha can bring this korban according again to Rabbi Eliezer and Chachamim Archolik. Chachamim say, it's not an option. You can't bring this voluntarily. Why, says the Gemara? Because God said this is specifically to help Israel chas al gufan shel Israel. And Rashi explains what's chas al gufan. God wants to save us from uh, Yisurim. And we were wondering, what's this? And we gave one answer for the Rambam. We said, maybe what's written here in the Gemara is that uh, the reason we have a Shem is not because God uh, thinks that being, if I'm in Safek, it's Asur. But God understands that I'm human and he understands I'm having issues and I have Sveikas. So he's giving me this as a psychological help it's a korban to help me. He thinks everything is okay, but he understands I'm having issues with it. That was my idea. I thought it was lovely, only there was one problem that, that doesn't work with halacha and gemara because you must bring a shantalu. And if I'm right, it should have been optional and it's not optional, it's chayav. Uh, I showed you Aruch Laner as a different uh, explanation. Aruch Laner said, uh, why are we bringing this? What's written in the gemara? Because if a person doesn't know if he was chayav, but maybe he was, God will punish him, even if he doesn't know. And in order to protect him from that punishment, he has to bring Hashem Teluy. That's chas al-mamonam shel Yisrael, al-gufan shel Yisrael. We read the Ruchlaner, we said he's an Achron, we, we, we listened to his, to his uh, idea, and it was hard for us because uh, imagining God as this image that, that is haunting us and, uh, and, and might be hurting us, even if we don't know. And that's why we're bringing Hashem Talui in order to protect us from God, from his punishment. Uh, that sounded as uh, something very, very uh, harsh and problematic. And if that's the case also, it's hard to understand why do you have to bring again uh, Hashem Talui? So that was a Ruchlaner. And, and we remained with these questions open and we also discussed more uh, in our thought, why, why would we have to bring Hashem Tului and, and the strange thing about Hashem Tului that it's more expensive than Chatat. And, and you had very lovely ideas and interesting ideas that I promise you we will see some of them written today in the Achronim. Uh, and, and we'll go deeper today into understanding different shades of doubt. So I always feel when I learn Gemara, you know, I start from th thought, then we move on to Torah, then we move on to Mishnah. But when we get deep into the Gemara, when we get into a sophisticated Gemara, then I know I'm working hard because Gemara has different kinds of levels. And it's very important to say that. Like we learned the Sugiya last week. That was an easy Sugiya. It was kind to us. It was very, very uh, basic. It was short. But today I want to work with a hard Sugiya, okay? Uh, so, so, so that I, at first I thought we'll do everything in, in once, but but it's but it's not good. It, it, this sugya really kovea So, so it's harder than usual. I I'll, I want to work with the spreadsheet that I gave you with the sheet that I sent in the mail, and then we'll, we'll go back and sum it up. But first, let's really try to read through 
and understand. So again, this is a little higher level, but but I think these things uh, will help us. It's the it's the long way that will be short. If I try to shorten it up, I don't think uh, it will be worth it. So 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 let's get into work. Okay, so this is hard work. So this is the sugi. Again, we can learn this much more than what I'm doing now, but we'll we'll try to give us a strong base. Okay, so. Uh, the Mishnah, we already went over this Mishnah last time, so I'm repeating it. The Mishnah says, Safek Cheref Safek Shuman, Lefanav, Achal Mechad Mehem, Beno Yodea Eze Mehem Achal. He has to bring a Sham Talun. Okay, I'm not going to the other uh, things in the Mishnah, which are also important, but we'll, we'll try to stay with this effect. We spoke about Cheref Shuman. We have two uh, pieces of. Uh, Lard, I don't know, stuff. And, and one of them is fine, it's Shuman, and the other is Chayav Karet, very, very serious Avera, Chalavim. And, and you don't know, and you eat one. Okay, so now the Gemara opens up with this statement, it opens up with the, with the word Itmar. Itmar is always an opening to a Machloket Amura'im, it's a Machloket that, that everybody's repeating. They're repeating it in a very, very short fashion. It's really written very basic. So before we continue, just let's just look at this machloket. Uh, Ravasi says, this whole Mishnah is talking about one piece. You had one piece, Yael, and you didn't know what its, what its identity is, and then you ate it. There is absolutely no way to find out what you've eaten. Why? Because it disappeared from the world, right? There, there, no, no, no way to track it down. And to Chatichot, we can track what down. And we also discussed this last week. And I asked you, what do you think is the difference between these two, everybody, Rav Asi and Chia Barav? And also you gave all kinds of, of interesting ideas. So I'm keeping these ideas aside because they were very good, but I want them, you, you to see what's happening in the Gemara. So at first glance, like you last week, I really felt that the Gemara will tell us something very philosophical around this machloket, because it, it, it really found that, that it's dealing with different shades of sapek. It's a, it's a different uh, situation. If I have one piece that I don't know for 100%, if it's okay, and if I have two pieces that I know that one of them is problematic, I just don't know which one it is. It's it's a higher level of Safek, obviously. And that's what everyone here in the Zoom room said. And then the Gemara does something uh, really amazing because the first answer the Gemara has is that this is, has nothing to do with the philosophical ideas that we were thinking. It has a lot to do with a totally different machloket. A machloket about how to read the Torah. And when the Gemara does this to me, uh, when I read a sugya, I always try to see how my emotions move, okay? Like I was reading the sugya, I was expecting something very dramatic and philosophical. And then the sugya comes and goes, ah, oh, yeah, it's, you didn't understand anything. Exactly. It has to do about how to read the Torah. So, so, so let's read it in the Gemara. And I'm asking you, what do you think? There's something called the rihata of the sugya, okay? The sugya moves along. And, and, and Chachamim are, 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 are teaching us something also on the way that they're building the sugya. It's not only uh, what's written there, it's also how it's written. So, so let's see what's happening to us as readers as we read along. 
Okay, so I'm expecting this, and then uh, says the Gemara, what's the machloket? So, okay, the Gemara here uh, turned me upside down because what, what do they say? Uh, Ravasi says you have to read according to how it's written, and Rachia Barach says you have to read according to how it sounds. And this, this is really a machloket that has to do when I read the Torah, I'm reading Torah Bichtav or Torah Shabbat And which part of the Torah is actually the one who's creating halacha for me, the Bichtav or the Baal So that's one thing. And another thing, this machloket is not only regarding Ashantalu, it's a machloket, the Chola Torah Kula. There are many psukim that have this double meaning. And there are a few sugiyot, one of them famous in Sanhedrin, Daftalad, if I'm not mistaken, that's written a lot of different psukim, uh, uh, um, which have this similar machloikis. So this has nothing to do with Hashem Talui. This has a lot to do about how to read the Torah. So what the sugiyah has done is taking me out of Hashem Talui and telling me this has nothing to do about Safek Yael. It has, it has, it has to do with, with other things. Um, then the Gemara continues. Eiti uh, one Amora asked a question to Ravasi, a question from a Mishnah. ATV is always a question from a Mishnah, and this is the Mishnah, Mishnah or, 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 or Brighton. Okay, so now, as I said, I'm not going to go deep into this part because I call this Pticha. This is an opening, and as we also saw, this opening is not dealing with what's bothering me. It's taking me on a different path. So even though this is interesting, I am going down. This is hard for me. I'm sure it's hard for you too. But that's another thing I have to do when I'm learning Gemara. I can't learn everything at the same time. <laughs> I have to choose my path. So this path, I'm closing. I'm moving on. The Sukiya develops. I'm a Rava. Rava is an Amora after Ravasi and after Chiyabarav. And Rava uh, asks again, my time at the Rav. The Amar Kra, the Asam, he called Mitzvot Hashem, Shigaga, Chishigav, Gimeshtai, Matzot Ktiv, Mitzvot Karina. What do we discover here? Rava, he's the one who decided to read this machloket in this fashion. He's just one way. To read the machloket. Okay, the Gemara continues. Abaye asks Rava. Abaye is all, always the one who asks Rava the serious questions. We'll see another couple soon. Okay. What's this ATV? Wait, I'm stopping for, for a minute because this is. I like many things about the Gemara, so I just want to share this. I, something I like about the Gemara with you. Koi, uh, it's a name of an animal. Have you ever met this animal? Have you ever seen it in the zoo? Koi. No, right? Because it's a, it, it, it exists only in, in the Gemara Zoo. At least, I don't know. I, 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 I know it from the Gemara. I'm sure there are people who actually take the animals and, and see. But what is this Koi? Koi is an animal it's a synonym to the word suffolk. Why? Because koi is an animal that we don't know if it's a chaya or a behema. We've learned that a behema 
the, the behemun are the ones who go to, to be, that can be, become korban. So their chelev is asur. Chaya, you can't eat it. That's exactly the difference between chelev and shuman. Koi is an animal that you don't know. It's a safek in the animal itself. Nobody can tell you, is this asur or mutar? So I love koi, and, and I can tell you, we, we had a joke about Rav Luchtenstein. Uh, I learned uh, uh, with Rav Luchtenstein uh, a very, I think, uh, I know if all of you have heard of him, but I had the privilege to learn with him for, for five years and married to, to one of his uh, Talmudim. And, and, and he loved Sfekot. And he was also a person who always gave room to, uh, he, he would never say something strongly. He would always have things gray. It was his way. So we said, when he was a young kid, probably when he was asked to say in kindergarten, what's, what's his favorite animal? He would say koi. Because <laughs> that, that's, that's Rav Lichtenstein's animal. Anyway, I love this animal. So, so this is another thing from this year. I, I have the zoo of the Gemara in, in my head. So koi is a very important animal there. Okay, so, so, so let's go to, to Abaye's Kushia again. Abaye asks Rava, but there is a Mishnah that says that koi if you've eaten, eaten the chalev of koi, if you've eaten the whatever it is of koi, because we don't know if it's chalev or shuman, you have to bring a sham kalui. That's a baraita. So how can Rav say, how can Rav say there's a machloket if it's matzot or mitzvot? Here it's written that even if one piece you're not sure about it, you have to bring a sham kalui. So obviously Rav is, is wrong. That's Abayi's Kushia. So let's see uh, Rav's, uh, Rav's answer. Uh, Rava says, "Amar lo Rabbi Eliezer Sabar Yesh Em LaMasorit Matzot Kiv What's uh, Rava's answer? He says, "Abay, you're right. You're 100 percent right. This is a machloket. Also in the Tanaim, it's not only a machloket between them or you. Go back and we learned last week." The Rabbi Eliezer has a machloket with Chachamim about Hashem Talui, but a different kind of machloket. We've learned last week the Rabbi Eliezer thinks you can bring Hashem Talui voluntarily, and Chachamim say, no, you have to bring Hashem Talui. Now, Rava tells us that there's an, another machloket between Rabbi Eliezer and Chachamim. Rabbi Eliezer thinks, yesh em la masoret, and Chachamim thinks, yesh, yesh em la mikra. The reason I'm going over this because this will help us in, 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 the, next, in the next level. So I'm just saying, summing up what happened here. Uh, Rava says the machloket is exactly what we opened it up. Nothing interesting. I'm sorry, I'm saying nothing interesting as far as, as, as this year is concerned. It's very interesting about Torah but it's not interesting regarding Svekot. And, and if I ask him about, about a, a different Mishnah, he says, yeah, this machloket is, is an old machloket. Also, the Tanaim are cholkim in the same machloket. So I continue, and this is Rashi here, but I'm going down to the continuation of the sugya. Sugya continues and says, quotes itself again. The sugya allows to repeat and, and take us back to, to, to the beginning. And then it opens up a new session. It says the sugya. Amara bizeira, mai tama derav. Kasavar, shte chatichot efshar levarer isuro. Wow. When I reached this part in the sugi, I said, okay, now we're talking. Rava said, 
Yale, this is not part of your shear. Rabbi Zeira says, Yale, this is your shear. Why? Because Rabbi Zeira says, Rav is telling us exactly what you told me last week. Why is there a machloket? Because Rav says, Hashem Talu, you only have to bring if you know for sure there is, no, not if you know for sure, if you have an ability to find out if you're wrong. Let, let's go over this again and imagine it. When I have one piece that I've eaten, in Hebrew, you have a, a slang, we say, achaltauta. Okay, you've eaten it. What's achaltauta? Zeu. Once you've eaten it, you can't do anything. Maybe it's from this Gemara, I don't know. Achaltauta. I ate the piece, I, I destroyed the evidence. I will never know, never. I have absolutely no ability to find out if I did something wrong because I ate the evidence. But if I know that there was one piece that was problematic and I ate one, I can take the other one to, I don't know, uh, a lab or something. I can find out. There is a horizon of um, Vadai. How do you say Vada in English? I'm in the Suffolk all the time. Help me. Uh, Certain. Certainly. Uh, yeah. If I'll only take this other piece to be checked, I will know. So Rob says, in that situation, you have to bring a shantalui. And and Neravasi uh, says no. No, you have to bring a shantalui even if you can't find out. So that's the second part of the sugya. I'm only summing it up because we'll repeat it soon again. I'm continuing because the sugya goes into another option, how to read it. Sugya continues. Uh, and Yermia asked Rabbi Zera the same question that Abaya asked Rava. He says, what, what do you do with, with this? We have this mission about the koi on the animal. And Rabbi Zaira answers him exactly the same way Rabbi answered Abai. He says, that's Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer is cholek in Hashem Talui. He, he's not cholek because how he reads the Torah. Because Rabbi Eliezer, as we know already, thinks that you bring Hashem Talui much more easily. He thinks that you can volunteer it, but he also thinks that you have to bring it when you can't find out. So now, Rabbi Eliezer becomes part of, of our shir, because suddenly we see what the machloket is here. The machloket, according to Rabbi Zeira, is how lenient I am in dealing with suffolk. If I'm Rabbi Eliezer, every small suffolk, every suffolk that I can't even find out about, I have to bring a korban. According to Rav, to Rav, only if I have the ability to find out if I was wrong, only then I have to bring a korban. So that's a totally different way how to read the same machloket. There's a third way, but be, before I wanna go into the third way, I wanna stay with the second second way. I mean, and let's just, just look at it and, and feel it. So, so I'm asking you, according to Rav, you only bring a Shantalui 
when you have an ability to find out if you were wrong. So why do we bring Hashem to Louis, according to Rav? How do you understand it? You're patur if you can't find out. But if you can find out, you have to bring a korban. So what is he thinking, Rav? Wait, before you answer, let's just read Rashi, because Rashi always helps me think, and then I'll, I'll ask you again. Let's see Rashi. Rashi here. Going up. Says Rashi. If Shalivarel Isuro, the Asham Talui and no Baela Lehagen Mina Isurim, Achi Vadalo Vavi Hatat, Kedemifaresh, Viperic Batra. That's Rashi. I'll cut him and I'll put him in the chat so you can look at him when you think. Here. So this is Rashi on uh, explaining Rabbi Zeira's uh, understanding of Chiyabarav. So, so let's feel this. If we, we, we have to try to understand this different way. What is Rav thinking and what is Rav Asi Choylik on him? Well, let's ask a different question. I'm bringing the korban because I've done something which is worse. Or when I ate a piece out of the two pieces, it means I did something that's that's wronger than a person who ate the one piece. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a worse person. Is that why I'm bringing the korban, or am I bringing the korban for a different reason? Not because of this, something very bad, but for a different reason. I thought last week we explored that it was sort of like a security for coverage. Um, if you did or you didn't do, not um, so much of how bad it is, whatever you did. Exactly, you're saying exactly Rashi, because Rashi says, he's quoting what we learned last week. He's saying exactly this. The sugya we learned last week, this is what Rabbi Zeirah is thinking. Rabbi Zeirah is saying, you bring Ashantalui because it's coverage. When do you need coverage? When there is a chance you'll find out the truth, that's when you need coverage. When you have no ability to find out the truth, you don't need coverage. Why? You're, you're part of anyway, and, and and there's nothing to cover because 
the Korban can only help you for, for a short while and you don't have this time. This time never existed. The whole idea of Hashem Talui is to help you deal with the doubt. And in this situation, you have to accept the fact that nothing will help you because you'll never know the truth. So, so a korban is not a path that you can take. A korban is still brought when you can be active. It's part of you being active in front of a doubt that you can deal with. Actually, what Rabbi Zera tells us is that, I, I love this, he tells me, yeah, you started this year, you said doubt, doubt, doubt. And you also, you also, the word doubt can cover a lot of ground, right? You, some people can be doubtful about which side of the bed to, to, to put their feet down. You have to understand that there are different levels and God is expecting you to do different things when you're dealing uh, in different situations. A doubt that you cannot find out about, you have to let go. You cannot be active towards it in any way. That's what Rav says. Korban is being active. God gives you an ability to be active in two ways. Please be active, Yael, and check what you've eaten. Until then, since you're being active, I'm giving you the Korban to help you live with yourself and give you strength, psychological strength, to deal with this hard situation you're in. But I'm only giving you this Korban in a situation that you can be active in finding out the truth about your doubt. And this is a very interesting statement because it says that if there's a doubt that I cannot solve, what I should do is I should move back and release it. If there's a doubt that I have to be active about, God helps me psychologically. I will need help, emotional help, in order to do what I have to do, which is find out the truth. That can sometimes can be very long and take a lot of effort. And that's where God helps man. Between human and divine, God knows everything. But God says, Yael, if there's a doubt that you can solve, you have to solve it. But I understand that as a human, you need help and strength in your path of being active. Since I am ordering you to be active, I'm also giving you help and assistance in following this active path. So this is Rabbi Zeira. And then what does Rabbi Asi say? Obviously, Rabbi Asi disagrees because he thinks that you bring Hashem to even if you've eaten this one piece. So, so what does Rav Asi think? So, so explaining, because you explained Rav very well, according to Rabbi Zeyra, right? This is what Rav, Rav understands exactly what you said. So, so what does Rabbi, Rav Asi think? <laughs> try, try, come on. <laughs> I, I, I want to think a little bit more, because then, I also feel like, what if you're, I don't know, like just like really doubtful all the time, right? I mean, I think that puts you into like a whole nother category. <laughs> so, no, you're saying something beautiful. I, I, that's this is what what we're doing now is, I really love learning tomorrow. I think you've noticed, but this is part of what I like about it is that I really understand one view, and then I have to flip. Right, it's like to, I feel to think I'm about the uh, right. So it's dancing with my mind. So, but you've danced very nicely. You said, okay, maybe Ravasi is saying, Rabbi Asi, he's saying, he's saying, uh, Rav, 
this is not fair. God needs to help me also when I'm just eating this piece. <laughs> right. So, don't you think like if you're the person who is like doubtful all the time, then you'll be like bringing all the time just to, you're constantly covering yourself and maybe not really focusing on whether or not this is a moment to be in doubt or not does that make sense yeah i i think i, I think you you've you've said this beautifully i think this really can be a machloket between rav asi and rav what is the torah doing how is god educating us is god telling us listen i understand it's very hard to be human i fully understand i think i'm giving you a korban always whenever you're in doubt, the korban is yours and that's Rav Asi. And Rav is saying, no, God is telling us, yeah, sometimes let go. Right. <laughs> so, 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 so we can, maybe this is their machogit. Uh, we can also try other things, but, but, but I like this, this, this train of thought. I can, I, I'll try to say, maybe Rav Asi says, no, this korban is not about Yisui. Maybe it's for a different reason. Maybe he's going back to Emelika. You can do all kinds of, of, uh, of uh, con contrary discussion here. But, right. but what I like about you is that you're offering a discussion between them in the same point. And in the exact same point, what does God have to tell man? So according to Ravasi, God is always helping us because we don't know the truth. But according to Rob, God sometimes tells us, I, I, think, I think I'm really with Rob. Sometimes, Yael, let go. Don't let go because you're human and you ate it and that's it. And, 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 and I'm not giving you something to help you because I'm telling you, I don't need to help you. You should have the ability to relax without my help. When I'm asking you to be active, I'm giving you help. But sometimes I'm asking you not to be active, let go. And that's a very interesting statement that God is saying, according to Rav in this passage. Okay, great. So now we're holding another piece in the puzzle. So let's continue to the sugya because it's giving us another idea dealing with this year, not like the first one. These two, these two ideas in the sugya are really very interesting. Camille, this was this was great. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Okay, so so I'm going back to the sugya. Okay, moving along. This was Rabbi Zeir and Rabbi Yirmiya. And now we have Rav Nachman. Okay, Amar Rav Nachman. My Ta'ama de Rav. Again, quoting the beginning and then, and then and the same question. Kasabam. Kasabam, shte chatichot ikba isura. Okay, this is Rav Nachman. Uh, let's try to understand this. This is what you told me. I don't remember who said this last week. Rav Nachman is us. Rav Nachman says, when you know for sure there's an issue, you just don't know where it is. This is a situation and I have a name for it. There is an issue in the room. If I ate one piece, 
and I didn't know what it is. There was no Easter in the room. It's a Suffolk Easter in the room. This statement is saying, when I eat one piece out of two pieces in Iqba Isula, I'm doing a worse deed. Why? Because I was taking a chance when I knew that I'm playing in, with fire. I'm in Iqba Isula. Iqba Isula, you shouldn't move. Why are you eating in Iqba Isula? This is very bad. Don't eat. That's why you need to bring Hashem to you because you're because you're guilty, you're guiltier when you're eating in Iqbaisua than when you're eating in Lo Iqbaisua. Because you're eating the better suffix. You're with the suffix in the room. You're, you're, I said, <laughs> my student here laughed at me. It's not, it's not only going to his house, it's having a Purim Suda with him. Okay, <laughs> come on, what are you doing? This is guilt. Rav Nachman is, is talking in, in, in the sense of guilt. And then suddenly, uh, what, what is Rav Asi saying against Rav Nachman? Okay, first, do we all hold Rav Nachman and do this quick, it's more quickly because we thought of this before. Rav Nachman is really what we thought. But now we have to say why Rav Asi is cholek. Rabbi Asi says, no, you bring Hashem to only if you ate one piece. Why? Only if you've eaten when there was only one piece. So what is he thinking? I think there are at least three or four answers to this question. So whatever pops to your head, just, you know, play play with it. No, says Rabbi Asi, you have to bring a korban even if you had only one piece, because why? It, is it yeah. that you had one piece and now you're like aware? I don't know. I know it's a tricky, it's a tricky, question <laughs> or okay so you have one piece and now you're aware of what you did so you shouldn't think it's just one piece you should still bring it mm -hmm. is is that the answer is is that one of the Why? answers no no i didn't understand repeat 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 i'm saying that you have even though you ate one piece you can't say oh it's just one piece or one little piece i as long as you are aware that you did something then you have to bring it even if it's just a one piece is is that one of the answers or no you haven't answered why rob said why rob said you only bring when there are two pieces why because then you were guiltier that that was rob so what is ravasi saying oh that you only bring one piece okay i want to think about some more yeah sure sure this is precious time. Let's give ourselves, you know, 20, 20 more seconds to think about this. It's worth it. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll share a different screen that shows you the three different answers in front of you. And that helps me think. Uh, here, wait, let's go to the screen. Just to look at the three different exclamations, one next to the other. Okay. So you see, I have here three different explanations. Rav Nachman said, So what does Rav Asi say? Rabbi Asi say? Uh, 
Okay, let's do one stage, very technical. Obviously, Rabbi Ashi is saying, I don't care if it's Ikbay Surah, right? Because Rav says, I care if it's Ikbay Surah. Rabbi Ashi says, I don't care. Why don't I care? Okay, I'm going to try to give two different answers. Then tell me which one you prefer. One, Rabbi Asi says, I don't care because you're guilty also if there's no Iqbal Surah. He thinks that you're guilty always. It's one option. The other option, Rabbi Asi says, this is not about guilt. This is about helping a person deal with his doubts. Two different explanations of Rabbi Asi. Either he's saying you're always guilty. He 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 he's like the guilt Jew, okay? <laughs> he's like Baba Ben Buddha. Or he's saying to Rav Nachum, where did this guilt come from? I'm still with Rabbi Zeira. I think this has nothing to do with guilt. I think this is this has to do about helping me dealing with my fear of being wrong. So I need it always. First, I need it always. And second of all, this has nothing to do about guilt. Uh, I'm really not sure the way the sugya is built also, because it moves me along from a bizera that talks about Asham as being something that helps a person deal with its fears, to Rav Nachman, who's talking about guilt. So this movement between help and guilt is, is very strong in the sugya. And these are two very different ways of how to read Rabbi Ashi in this puzzle. Is he more guilty, is he's also with guilt, or is he taking a step back and keeping Rabbi Zeira in, even in the world of Rav Nachman? So I don't know, which one do you prefer? Or, first of all, if you have other ideas, uh, but, but, but what do you think is more Pshad Gemara? Is Rabbi Asi uh, a stronger guilt man, or is he a more relaxed person? <laughs> I don't know Rabbi Ashi. Maybe if we would have met him, we would know. <laughs> but uh, but you see that the sugya is playing with us. I I I I I, I want to stop a minute and, and think about this. I feel the sugya is playing with my mind because it keeps moving me in the world of, of doubt between two different issues that doubt can create. Doubt can create more guilt or doubt can create our need to deal with our being human and, and having psychological issues with us. These are two very different things that the same situation is invoking with us. And the sugya is moving us along from one to the other. It doesn't seem to me that they're really incompatible. They look more to me like stages. I really have no idea what this second piece is, but I feel pretty guilty about not having an idea. I mean, it seems to me you could be in both conditions, just one before the other or after. So yes, it helps me deal with my guilt because 
who knows? I probably did it and it's terrible and I did it knowing it might be and I still did it. So that's guilt. The other thing is, the other idea is get over yourself. You're a human being. You had doubt, you did it. I mean, it seems to me there's two attitudes there, which a person could have both at different Times. I, don't know. I, I love what you're saying because I'll take what you're saying. Uh, 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 I'm explaining you to, to myself, okay? And you can. Me too. <laughs> if I heard you correctly, you said this. You said, yeah, sometimes th- th- it is true. Rav Nachman is, is right. Sometimes you are more guilty. When you're playing with fire, when the Isser is in front of you, you are more guilty. But then you really also need more help because. This is not either or. Right. So, so, so if I look at the whole sugya, that what God is telling us is that I know you're human. Because you're human, I know two things about you. You play with fire. Yes, humans can be guilty when it comes to this sense because we don't know. Yes, we are different from the divine. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and therefore, God is trying to help us in this in two ways. First of all, to admit to ourselves that we can do better than just play with fire. And second of all, to allow us in case we did not do this now, to give us strength in order to do this maybe next time. Mm -hmm. And to keep us living and happy, right? (laughs) Because as we said before, uh, uh, we are supposed to be, this is uh, Yom Kippur is a Yom Tov, right? And and, and, uh, that we go dance. Uh, uh, in the middle of Yom Kippur because God, God knows that we need to live, but he wants us to be responsible. So he, these are two different lines calling for responsibility at the same time as, as, as helping us uh, uh, live w- with the, the fact that sometimes we don't take responsibility. So, so what do we do then? Okay, so this this was working with the sugyan, and now I think that 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 we've already seen that this is deeper. You know, when the Rashba is asking about the Rambam, how do you deal with Hashem Talui? So then we know that Hashem Talui is uh, is a more complex korban than what we thought, and therefore uh, there is a different solution to answer the Rambam's problem in front of the Rashba. So. Before we continue, I just want to say this was very important for me. Okay, what we've learned. What we're doing now, going back to the Raman Nurse, is also important. But this, I think learning the Gemara is really the heart for me, at least of the learning. But 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 I want a whole body. I don't want only the heart. I, 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 I want the full figure. So 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 I'm moving to the Achronim. And Achronim used the sugya in order to answer uh uh, for the Rambam in front of the Rashba's question. So this is Kelen um, Oa. He's an Ahron. Here I also have his biography here. Um, as you see, he's a late Ahron. He's from the 1784, from Volozhin. Uh, so this is his answer. He says, he's learning a different sugya. He's learning Yevamas, okay? And this is what he says. 
דרך אגב, ראיתי לדבר קצת בדיני ספק, במחלוקת הראשונים ז"ל, הלוא המה הרמב״ם והרשב"א ז"ל, שנחלקו בדין זה, היא כל ספקה מהתורה צריך להחמיר בה, ומדרבנן לחוד ודמחמירין על בה. דעת הרמב״ם ז"ל, דכל הספקות מדבריהם, הוא דמחמירין על בה, והרשב"א ז"ל חולק עליו, וכתב דכל הספקות מהתורה לחומו. ומקור מחלוקת זו הוא מפרשת השם תלוי, ונחלקו בזה תנאי ואמוראי, היא חתיכה אחת שנינו, או אחת משתי חתיכות שנינו. ולמאן דאמר חתיכה אחת שנינו, הסכימו כולם דסבירא לדספק תורה איתה מהתורה לחומרה. ולדידן דקיימלן דאחד משתי חתיכות שנינו, אבל חתיכה אחת פטור. וזהו דפליגי הרמב״ם והרשב"א. הרמב״ם זה על דעתו. ולמאן דאמר דחתיכה אחת פטור, אנו תאמה משום דמותר מהתורה. ודווקא היכא דאבינת בית חתיכות, דאיקבע איסור ההוא, דאסור מהתורה וחרם ואשם תלוי. אבל היכא דלא יקבע איסור הפטור, הוא מותר מהתורה. והרשב"א זה הסביר עלי דני דה פטור, מכל מקום אסור הוא מהתורה. says קרן אורה, the מחלוקת between the רמב"ם and the רשב"א is the מחלוקת between רבי אסי and רבי חייא ברב according to רב נחמן. So he, he looks at the רשב"א and he says, רשב"א, this is not such a big question, the רמב"ם is just taking a different side than you. In the sugya, everything is okay. So this is an interesting trick because we felt that the Rambam has no answer. And suddenly when we read the Gemara, we see that actually the issue of Hashem Talui itself is in Machloket. So the Rambam is taking one part of the sugya and the Rashba is taking another part of the sugya. And therefore the Rashba's question is irrelevant because Rashba is reading the sugya according to Rabbi Asi, and Rambam is reading the sugya according to Rav. So that's what uh, Karen Ora is doing. First of all, I don't know if you've enjoyed it, but this is brilliant, <laughs> right? This is, this, this is being a Tamil Chacham. Okay, how does a Tamil Chacham work? He, he, he sees a Machlok, a question for the Rashba. Doesn't know what to, he's learning. He learns the entire shas because you have to learn it, and he learns the entire shas beyun. And then when he's in a different sugit, ah, now I understand how to answer the rashba. So I'm just saying, look at this, and and, and I can only say shenizke to be to be like Karen Ora, to read and remember, and then to understand things, and then suddenly, suddenly everything is so simple. It's beautiful. There's no problem. Instead of all these ideas that Yael had and. This is a tshuva v'gadol. It's lovely. And that's another thing. I don't know. There's a there's a big in the Gemara. Who's 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 adif? A person who's no. Okay, halim. Betochanan ze baze. Or sinai. If a person who knows a lot. or if he's very, very strong and harif and knows how to ask questions. So here we see that you, don't, you, don't, you have to know a lot in order to give a good answer. Maybe, you know, I was being very wise, I was being very smart, I was being very acrobatic, but, but, but like, just know a basic sugi about Hashem Tulu and you'll get your answer. So, so that's another thing that the Karen Ora does. Um, but, The Karen Ora also feels, and other according felt, that his answer is not so great. I'll tell you why. Let's go to the Matzeget. Um, 
And this is another thing I like about learning Gemara. People are so serious. They ask deep questions. They, they don't go to sleep until they have answers. And if they even if they gave answers, so after they died, the, the next generation will continue. So, so this is real, real learning. So this is the kushia that that I've seen it written in a few places. One of them was uh, uh, by the Shari Yosher. Shari Yosher, uh, I don't know uh, if you know who who he is. Um, but we'll talk about him soon because he, he's important. Uh, he's, he's an important Nachor. So he's asking these kushiot. He's saying, okay, Rambam didn't only speak about Hashem Talui, right? Rambam said, this is a din b'chol ha-Torah kula. So Rav Nachman really spoke about this idea about Bekola Torah Kula because he talk, talked about Ikba Isura. Ikba Isura is something that has to do with Bekola Torah Kula. But Rabbi Zeyra and Rabba talked about things that were specific to Asham Talui or to reading the Torah. Rabba said, why are you bringing the korban? Because you can be mevarer and find out if you're wrong or not wrong. That has something to do only with the problems of Hashem Talui. It has nothing to do about the sphakus in the entire Torah. So that's a very interesting and good question because again, the Rambam, you know, we 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 look at the Rashba and 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 wow, he had a good question. We're dealing with this question, but 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 what the Shari Yosher is asking is asking. I don't really understand the Rambam deeply. And, and, and from this sugya, there are two other Amoraim and they are really reading this very differently. So, okay, the Rambam is working with one of them, but you know, when you learn Gemara and Torah, you don't take one against two. If you have just one idea in the sugya that worked with the Rambam, what about all the others? So who's winning? The Rashba is winning. The two others are with the Rashba and we want the Rambam to win. So, so maybe this is a good answer for the Rambam, but it would not have led him to be pasking Allah that way because it's Yachib in front of Rabim. So this doesn't work. Uh, this is a question from a different level, right? This is not a philosophical question. It's a question that, that arises from the way Halacha works. Even if the Rambam even if the Rambam thinks this way philosophically or thinks this way when he's learning Gemara Bi'iyun, how can he be posik according to something which is not mainstream? He has to work according to the laws of Sika. So he has to have a different idea, a deeper idea, a different idea. So here, the Shari Yosher, uh, which is Reb Shimon Shkop, if, if you haven't heard of him, he's a very important rabbi, uh, not alive anymore, but uh, look him up, okay? What the, Rabbi Shimon Shkop did is that he turned the way of learning upside down. Uh, many people speak about uh, Rabbi Chaim as turning uh, the learning of Gemara upside down, but Shari Yosher did another turn up. And he managed to go into uh, different philosophicals, uh, philosophical ways and how to read Sugiyot and how to read Achoranim. And he really wrote uh, books that deal with the philosophy of Halacha. And this Sugiya obviously calls for this kind of gadol to deal with it. And he cannot accept the fact that the Ramam is posik 
what uh, Karen Ora said. So he's giving a different answer. So what's his answer? He says this. Al pi amitbayer beze, shekol asfekot lo hutru al pi din Torah. The Rambam never said it's mutar. He's telling me, Yael, some, one of you asked me this last, last week. The Rambam didn't say mutar. So the truth is the Rambam in one place says mutar and another place says not mutar, just not asur. Fine, but this is what Shariosa says. The Rambam never said mutar. So what is the Rambam saying? Ela shelo hizhira Torah. I'm jumping to the third part. כיוון שהתורה הניחה אותו לכתחילה לעשות כרצונו ולא הזהירה אותו לכתחילה לפרוש מן הספק, איך תזהיר אותו אחר המעשה להביא כפרה על הספק? אמנם לא קשה כל כך, דלפי דברנו לא הצריכה התורה לכתחילה להפרישו, וכל אדם יחוש לנפשו לפחוד שמא ייכשל בעבירה ויפרוש לכתחילה. All the Rambam says is that the Torah didn't tell us to watch it. Why? Because God doesn't have to tell you everything, Yael. Use your sechel yashal. If God said something is, is bad, you're not sure if it's there, don't do it. I won't tell you not to do it. God is expecting us to think, oh, big surprise. I'm not so surprised. We're Jews. Obviously, God is expecting us to think. He's expecting us to understand that he doesn't have to tell us. It's like, you know, if I tell my kid fire is dangerous, do I also have to tell him, and if you're not sure if fire is burning, don't put your hand in? I, I am trying to teach my kid to think for himself. If I'll go so deeply to tell him all this, he will never think anything. He will become a machine. You have to have your own space. So that's why the Torah never said it's usher. Why did the Torah say, never say it's usher? Because we have to think things on our own and understand that if something is usher, we are not going close to it. That's what God, God wanted us to think. So how can God uh, uh, tell us to bring Hashem to Louis if he didn't say that we're usher? Because you have to think, God doesn't have to say anything. Yes, sometimes you can have to do to have to get punishment even if you were not told specifically that this is a problem so according to the shari yosher this is what the rambam is saying which is also very interesting rambam believes that that god can force us to bring a korban if he even if he didn't tell us specifically not to do something because god is teaching us to think for ourselves and if we didn't think for ourselves, we will also have to bring a kor korban Hashem Talui, which is very special. This is very, very interesting what the Shari Yosher is saying. Uh, uh, again, we're, we, we went all the way to our calling. We're, we're also past our time. Uh, we, we, we can stay on this for a while. So, so 
and we have to finish somewhere. So, so no, but we we finished as far as I'm concerned. I just, I, I just want to hold this together because we can't we can't leave without without just looking at what we've done again. So, so this is the final thing that that I, that I would like to, to to think about our learning together because again, this is a very serious uh, learning session because it really shows. That, that some questions in, in halacha and Gemara have to de deal with, with many, many levels in our lives. So, so I'm really, I'm asking you this, and I'd like to hear even shortly, after we've learned, how do you understand uh, suffolk in our lives? Is it important, is it not important? Are we fighting it, are we using it? How are we supposed to go about the fact that we don't know many things? Uh, how should human deal with this? Um, should we uh, stop suffix somewhere? Maybe not always. We can't use it all the time. And what does the Karsh Baruch teach us about being human and not knowing everything? So, so th these are really the questions that I felt that we were dealing with. Um, so even if, 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 even one thing, if each of you could say something that they're taking and then, and then we'll, we'll finish. I think that we should, okay, I'll give a small example that one of my, one of my kids suffers from anxiety and she's also, she likes to draw. So I tell her, do not try to not be anxious, accept your anxiety and maybe that's the time you do some art. So I think in our doubt that we should accept that we have doubt and that we won't know everything and just try to figure out a way to deal with our doubts, I guess that's what I think. And not not try not to have doubts, if that makes sense. <laughs> or or become I don't know, scared or anxious when when you have doubt. Just figure out how to deal with it. <laughs> Anyone else? I, I'd love to hear really just, uh, the, you know, I throw rocks into the water. <laughs> I want to hear the sound back. Indeed. I just want to say that I didn't understand what it was to study Gemara. And I have I'm completely intrigued. It is a skill that I have not developed, but I would love to. I just, I never understood how these seemingly esoteric questions of do you bring a korban when we don't even have a temple can actually be very serious personal today issues. I find that fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. No, this is what you said, every word. It's amazing what the Gemara does. And how we deal with this, and suddenly, suddenly, it's 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 in our in our hearts and our minds. This is us, even without the temple. The temple doesn't exist, and still, this korban is moving us. It's amazing. Okay, so if we would have more time, I would wait really till each and every one of you would say something. But I have to go. If you do have something to tell me, I would love to hear also uh, email. And I, and I want to thank you because uh, I love this sugya and, and I don't, not every year I have a chance to go over this again. And always when I go, I, 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 re, I relearn it and I see new things in it. 
and uh, I thank you for learning our Chavura, Chavruta together. And uh, I hope Bezrat Hashem will come to Pesach. And in this world of doubt and anxiety that we live in, I think this Sugiah can, can do a great deal for us. Thank so, you so much yeah. uh, to everyone for being here. And thank you to Rabbi Nishimoni for this really, really excellent series. Um, we, speaking of, of Pesach, uh, we do have a number of events coming up in the next few weeks leading up to Pesach, uh, including this coming Sunday, our annual Rappaport Memorial Lecture on From the Sea to Sinai, Tests of the Wilderness. We also have a Yomi Yun on uh, Pesach in Historical Perspective coming mm -hmm. up on Sunday, March 21st. Uh, a Seder telling event with a number of people uh, using creative lenses to retell the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim on Tuesday, March 23rd, and a Tani Bechoro Siyum on Thursday, March 25th. You can find information about all of those things on our website at trisha.org slash classes. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for being here, and we hope to see you again soon.